0: Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SP Nation Grizzly Red Blues. I am the one P Shark.
1: I am at underscore Scarlet on Twitter.
2: I am the auto Trevor, aka Trevor, aka the corner man, aka Trillin' Brooks. What's good?
3: Hey man, it's really shitty passing down to the big fella.
4: Yes, sir. And Tav Shakira, what it do, what it do.
3: What it do, what it do,
0: indeed, man. First, we got to start off. We got another player preview podcast coming up. A couple of shooting guards on the roster. But before we get there, uh, our big man, the big fella, Big Steve, as Trev like to call him. Big Steve. Big Steve. Even it. him. Let's get it. <laughs> hey, sir, got his extension, man. Two years, $35 million. So, had to check in with the guys. What y'all think about his extension?
1: I think we should let Big Steve's big number one fan go first, honestly.
2: Oh, so the guy that told he's everybody I right? was going to love Big Steve and him? Um, this was actually a pretty decent deal for Steve. I know, of course, it was a contract year for him. Um, of course, last season uh, he was in and out of the lineup in the playoffs due to COVID. Uh, wasn't as effective as we would want him to be. Um, but since him getting this deal and since his play and since he's gotten here, uh we've shut up a lot of uh jv detractors who was against this trade when it went down on draft night uh and a lot of people saying that they were going to miss uh jonas Valanciunas. what we gave up in low post scoring things of that nature, we gain in uh better as a better defender better rebounder somebody who's going to make life easier on the defensive end as far as rebounding as well and of course by him being dubbed one of the strongest men in the NBA, being able to set screens and create space for Ja, which opens up the game for everybody else. So um, I'm happy that the Grizzlies were able to retain Steve, and it looks like this may be the start of a long line of Robert Perra, uh looking to try to keep this core intact and possibly going to the luxury tax to try to sign everybody. So uh, be on the lookout. Sky's the limit. Let's...
1: Call it maybe a play to maybe ensure that Triple J plays better in a sense that where I'm going with this is to say what we saw from Jerry Jackson Jr. last year came as a byproduct of stephen Adams, right? So, we, I think, we, you know, there were people on this podcast, there were people on the starting five or within the starting five that had reservations or they had pause for concern when it came to Triple J. And I think, for the most part, that talk was quieted just a little bit last year. Partly because of Jerry Jackson Jr., but mainly, because, but mainly part due to Steven Adams. And when I say that, we saw Jerry Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams play well together. So maybe the contract, and, you know, I'm just trying to look at, you know, I'm trying to be devil's advocate when I say this. Maybe the, the coaching staff, maybe their front office, was, looked at it to say, when we saw the best of Jerry Jackson Jr., it was alongside or as a part of or due to Steven Adams playing with him or being able to tell him, you know, how to move or where to be defensively. And so that's where I'm going with this to say um, I think this, you know, I think that the, the Grizzlies front office was definitely trying to um, – assure their front their front line but i think they also maybe kind of looked at it in terms of like they they looked at it from where i'm looking at it from the point of view of we saw jaron jackson jr play at a high level because of steven adams or and due to steven adams and so i think that's where they're where they're trying to go with this so i'm happy for steven adams personally i'm not sure if i would have gone to the level of giving him an extension I'm not saying he's not worth it but I would have maybe held that card or I would have maybe held that spade in my hand to say let's see how the rest of the game or let's see how the rest of the season plays out Um uh, if, if if I was making the shots on this one so uh, at the end of the I'm I'm happy for Steven Adams and I'm happy for the Grizzlies you know organization uh, to get this done uh, but that's two ways that you want to spin if you want to look at it that way when it comes to Steven Adams' contract.
3: Um, what we gained from Steven Adams coming to um, the Memphis Grizzlies was toughness, um, and we've seen that whether he's you know carrying a bull or bulls players around or just pushing people in the paint. Um, like you alluded to, Trevor, the strongest man, probably pound for pound, in the entire, um, well, I want to say entire league. Um, however, I will I will kind of volley the point of, you know, we actually, Stephen Adams has not produced as many rebounds or points as JV did. Um, when you look at the last season that JV was with us as opposed to Stephen Adams last season with us. Um, now, there could be a multitude of different things, though, too, right? Like, you know, Jaws ascension, Desmond Baines ascension. Um, even, you know, bringing in Zaire Williams, right? Um, there's been a lot of things and key pieces that have happened as well. Um, but I, I like it for us, um, for the Memphis Grizzlies. I believe it also, the money value of what we're giving him gives it, if things were to work out to um, Scholar's point to where, you know, his Triple J has sent as well. This even happens to become a tradable piece, you know, in a year or two uh with this type of contract and then what do we get for Steven Adams from there. Um and so I think it's also a leverage piece as well because we've been drafting big as well. Um we still need to feel the hole that is the void of um triple J being out. And so to me I think it's more of a more of a chess move by us um to get him and in. in case things don't pan out, what have you, can we go grab a big real quick for someone that needs a Steven Adams-ish type of player uh, moving forward.
4: Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head as far as that aspect. Um, But I think, you know, paying Steven Adams now lets, you know, the players like Ja, like the Desmonds, like the Triple Js, maybe even the Dillons let them know, like, we believe in y'all. If y'all think that you all can win with this team, with this culture, okay, let's go for it. And if you look at how Steven Adams played last season, he wasn't Jonas' fan Jonas. Like, I'm a huge fan of him, still is, you know, of him being in the Grizz. But what Steven Adams did bring was that toughness, um, was his rebounding. He averaged his career-high 10 rebounds last season. He also averaged his uh, career-high in three-and-a-half assists last season, which I think, you know, even if you look in the past to, like, how we kind of play with Marcus saw Marcus saw was one of the better big-man passers in the league. So I think, you know, being able to get a Steven Adams, who I think is the second-best passer on the team, um just look at he, he, he damn they got a highlight film of passing at this point um and he's doing it as a center so i think you can kind of play with that a little bit especially um if he can come in and shoot um so we're going to talk a little bit about what we kind of won't further in the preseason but if stephen adams can come and just give us that midy like marcus all used to it makes us that much more dangerous um especially when i think he'll have even more assists like um next season but uh kudos to stephen adams um travis boy you know, he got paid, he get the big bucks, and we love him down here in Memphis. So, I mean, but, you know, we bought him here to win. And, you know, we bought him here for when Triple J goes down, just continue to, you know, defensively hold the paint down. And that's what we got him for.
0: Yeah, it was definitely uh, kind of unexpected. Uh, Did nobody see that coming,
4: right? Uh, he's
0: a free agent next year. So I don't mind this entry at all. At the number, it's still a tradable contract. Uh, you still keep your trade at set. Uh, as well as a player who came in, and like I said, him and, him and J.B. are completely different players. Nobody expected him to average with J.B. average, and that was the purpose of the trade. Uh, J.B. was taking touches away from Ja. He was clogging up the paint from Ja to get to the lane. Um, so you trade him for a center who doesn't need a ball, right? A center who's going to set hard screens for Ja to get easier baskets, um baskets. Set your know, screens for Ja to get to the goal. Did the defense collapse? Kick out to Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, everybody for three. So that definitely helped uh that and defense. Giannis wasn't a good defender. Let me just call it just called Spade. Steven Adams, of course, when a team goes small like Golden State or like I'm uh Minnesota, they can play him off the court, but typically he can switch and he's a really good defender in the paint. Also, like say he helped Jaron out like um when Jaron Jared really played well next to Steven Adams. So kind of keeping that core together, especially with the grids, the way the team like each other and everything, it definitely uh, in my opinion. I like the move, um, uh, judge about media. Today, I think Brandon Clark it sounded like he's about to get the deal done, so you go ahead to stand him as well. I think they're locking up at core for the next couple of years while also still maintaining that the contract isn't too big where you can't trade them, it's still a yeah. tradeable contract. Yeah, Robert Perry
4: so about to start a- spending money. Can I ask y'all a quick question, real quick? Um, well, hold on, Scott, ahead, Scott has something. Yeah, okay. real quick.
1: Yeah, and and it's more so like so to like, shit, like for the big question like why did the Grizzlies you know and I think look at it from two aspects. One, I think he's going to at, at some point throughout their season there's going to be let's call it maybe ten or fifteen games where he can give you maybe like I don't know a twenty and ten or maybe a twenty and fifteen because he's going to be able to to finish at the rim when maybe Josh getting doubled and tripled as he's getting to the paint, you know, he's there to, for Jaw to dish, you know, give him those buckets right at the rim. But I think too, I think Sharky, I know you mentioned, I think Sheedy mentioned it too, and I'm not sure if anybody else did, but like he's, he's kind of a bully and I think you need that when it comes to playoff time, like you need somebody that's not willing to bag down to other bigs. You need somebody that's not willing to bag down when other guards are trying to make an attempt at the rim, trying to dunk at the rim, or trying to, you know, make layups at the rim. He may not be able to block the shots, but he has that stature. He has that, like, he has that, that presence in the middle to where, like, you're going to maybe think of twice when it comes to, like, trying to, you know, trying to take a a, a a basket at the rim, and I think that's what he does for you. And that's, again, for those that may be trying to question, like, why did we why did we extend him, knowing that he was – potentially going to be a free agent in the offseason? I think that answers your question.
4: I think, Skylar, and it's funny that you brought up that point and, you know what I'm saying, that, that linkage is there because I kind of wanted to talk about what happened in the playoffs, and that was Stephen Adams being on the bench. So I just wanted to ask y'all, if, if if the playoffs come around, let's say hypothetically we come in the playoffs, do blah, 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 whatever, and Stephen Adams is on the bench on the time where it matters the most, is this a bad contract? I think that's kind of where we got this that's out of the fan base as well.
0: So you gotta remember, it depends matchups. Each playoff series matchups is different matchups. Yeah, Minnesota he's played off the court, but in the Golden State series, he came through pretty big, right? His injury, him being out, well, he had COVID or something. Those first, yeah, him getting
2: him him and COVID was the death blow, right
0: there. And man. when when he returned, It was ironically the man.
4: only person to catch COVID in the NBA.
2: Uh, well, actually, it was a couple others. Like bam, it
4: was a right?
0: few others as well. Yeah. But yeah.
2: But it was uh, just at an inopportune time in, in the playoffs, and then when he came back, it was just too late. And he he played a big role. Was it Game Four when Job
0: first got hurt? In Game Four, yep. it was game, you know, four. game Three. He returned to Game Three. They barely played him. Game Four, he made a huge impact. He was a huge reason why the game was close. Then Game yeah. Five, Game He and he got hurt in Game Six. He had an ankle injury, so he showed up in that series. So it's kind of one of them deals where. It's just gonna be matchup based regardless. Um, you just gotta hope you don't and that's why you got a team like you still got Xavier Tillman on the team. Why if Santi Aldama ends up playing like he played in that first preseason game as he continues to improve? You got players who you can kind of rotate in and out and kind of help mitigate that. But um, I can see how fans could think that contract could be bad because of you know him not being able to play in the series. But like we was comparing to JP, JV has played off the court against uh, Utah. The season before, so the centers in the NBA is just hard if you're yeah. not like a, a shooting center these days, anyway. Yeah, yeah for those, I, yeah,
3: if you're no sure. not no shooting. I, I mean, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, um, for those that are listening and those that have that issue with if Steven Adams is off the court during that time, it's not like this man is making twenty plus million a season anyway. So I mean, let him sit. If if the matchup isn't what it needs to be, it's not what it needs to be. Um, and so just let it be um, the reason why we made the playoffs and the reason why we were so at the number two seed is because of Steven Adams. So let's not forget what got us there too um, with having Steven Adams with us. I'm sorry.
1: No, and I think you were going to go you're on the same track that I was going to go to in terms of like, I also feel like, to see Steven Adams's worth, I think, will also be based off, like, can Taylor Jenkins put him in situations to where he will thrive? And again, it goes back to the playoffs. The regular season is a long season. It's 82 games. And there are going to be times where Steven Adams may not show up. And I think there are also going to be times in which he does. And I think the most important time, and when you can determine, when you can determine is, did, an organization pay this person the right amount of money. In my opinion, it comes down to the postseason. Draymond Green, again, said it best last season, is there's a difference between a regular season and there's a difference between a postseason. And that's not only applicable for players, but I think that's also like true for coaches as well to say, Steven Adams, you, you may not deserve to be in this series. You may not play a single minute or you may only average – five minutes, you know, a game in this particular series. But this next series or this series against X team, I need you, and I need you to come up big. And I think that's where the coaching comes into play to say, I'm going to need you, Stephen Adams, or X player to make a difference in this series. And you might not even have to score, but I need you to, again, set hard screens. I need players to feel you. I need players to understand that you're there. And I think that's where Taylor Jenkins has to come, and I think he will do it. I'm not saying that he won't, but I think that's what Taylor Jenkins to with this contract to say, we signed Stephen Adams for this particular reason. We gave him this amount of money, and again, it'll be shown in the playoffs.
0: And also to pick it back off that point, leadership and ego. Uh Steve Adams, not many players who's a starting who's a starting player. You can tell them, hey, we don't you're getting played off the court in this series and he sit there and not pout not complain and come back in the gold state series and actually does his job right so not many players can do that so that's that's something to be said about that as well who could still be on the bench and still be a leader on the bench and actually encourage his teammates and not just sit there and be like uh i got bench uh i'm you know i'm I'm Steve adams i'm i'm getting paid this 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 so that's something to be said about that as well and that Definitely matters with team chemistry, especially this team who's a close-knit group. He's definitely big uh, for this team going forward. So, that's it for Steven Adams, man. Uh, we'll move forward to – let's go and get to our player previews. Um, we have first up this week, Destiny Bain. Uh Desmond Bain. So, as y'all already know, he had his big uh, come out party last season. A lot of us on this podcast wanted him to be the starting shooting guard coming through the season. I uh, figured he would be, especially after the trade of uh, trading Grayson Allen away. And he did become a starting shooting guard, and he did even better than I even thought that he would become. Um, he averaged 18 points a game on 46% shooting, 43.6% shooting from three in 76 games, had four rebounds, 2.7 assists, one st- and one steal per game. So, <laughs> Destin Bain, man, for him to be the number 30th pick or very late in the first round, um, and for him to turn to that and to see him and Ja like turn to one of the best backcourts in the NBA was definitely something special to see. So, coming to this next season, what do y'all expect to see from Destin's Bain this upcoming season?
1: Um, I I can go first, and really, I'm not going to even ask too much of Desmond bank. I just want a continuation of what I saw last year. If we, I mean, Sharky, you literally like spit the numbers out. I'm like, damn, he's shooting a cover off the ball. So I feel like if he can continue to do that, if he can continue to give you 76, 77 games throughout the season with those shooting clips that you just mentioned, again, I think that makes the that makes the opposing team defense make sure that you can't, again, you can't double John Morant. And I think that does a couple of things. That opens the floor for John Morant, that opens the floor for the team, and that opens um, the offense, again, as a whole for the, for the Memphis Grizzlies. If he's shooting that well, if he's making timely baskets, where maybe John Morant is off the floor, or maybe when John Morant is on the floor and he can take that pressure off of John Morant, that makes, you know, that makes everybody's job better. So, again, all I'm asking for is just to do the exact same thing that I intentionally and I think we all know that he can do, which is shoot the three ball, which is, you know, be able to take pressure off of John Moran. If he's going to shoot that clip, that clip of, a, of a, a percentage from the three point line, that's good. And that's essentially what we're asking for. Um, my concern is if he gets hurt, if he gets hurt. Who in the hell is going to shoot the ball for the Memphis Grizzlies? You can look up and down the roster all you want to, and you can hope and pray that Zaire Williams um, can fill that void, but we don't know if he can fill that void. So if Desmond Vane goes down, I am really, really concerned in terms of what a spacing look like for for the Grizzlies. So I'm just going to hope that he can continue to do the same thing, and if he does, then, then I think then we can comfortably say with no trolling that he's one of the better shooters in the league. He you can put him up there in terms of like, you know, you can put him in a three point um in a three point shooting contest when it comes to the All Star game. He's one of those people that you absolutely have to like jump and make a good a good contest at when he's open or when you're you know trying to make a um a, a, a good defensive play uh, for the Grizzlies. So we shall see but I, I'm just hoping that he continues to do what he did last year.
2: I'm gonna be that guy. Um, He was right around 20. I want to see him get 220. Um, But it's I don't think that's going to be that much that difficult for Desmond Bain. To Skyler's point, all he really needs to do is just continue doing what he's been doing um, since he's gotten to Memphis. And if he continues to shoot the ball, well, I think last season he was right around 42 percent from three. Um, uh, if i wanted to throw a goal out there just to throw one out there for desmond Bay, i kind of want to see him flirt with a 50 40 90 uh cuz uh, he he's that well of a shooter uh he's right around he shot from 46% from the field 42 from 3 and i think around the 80s in uh from the free throw line so he it's no he he can shoot the cover off the ball he can shoot the skin off of it. it's not even an issue so yes, shark you got one he shot 90.3% from the free throw line, so. Oh, so he was right at 90, very so, doable, yeah. yeah. I, I, so, yeah, my two tasks for Desmond and Bain for what I want to see, I want to see him get north of 20 or at 20 at the very least and look to flirt just a little bit. He flirted with it last season. I want to see if he can possibly get, become a 50, 40, 90 guy, because I think he has the capability. Of course, the only concern, of course, with Desmond and Bain is going to be his health and how we're going to replace him uh, when he's out of the lineup, what's gonna what's that going to look like spacing-wise. But when he's on the court, he's you have to uh, stay honest with him. So you can't double-job off of him because that's just you're giving up three points right out the gate right there. So for me, man, this man just needs to keep doing what he's been doing. And I think if he's doing that now, he can definitely accomplish these goals and just blow these out of the water, be right around 20 to 22 a game, 50, 40, 90 from the field. So that's all I got for this, man. It's not much I can really say other than just keep doing what you're doing.
3: Yeah, and I would actually be okay if even if his three-point percentage went down, you know, just a tad, maybe a percent or two, because regardless, he's just proven this season that he commands that attention from the three-point line. Um, and so to me, I would I would like to, and I believe he, he met what I asked last year, right? I wanted to see a little bit more ball handling from him. And it worked Um, to get him, you know, north of 15 is at 18 a game. Um, The one last thing I would like for him to work on offensively is just what is that move that you have once they, you know, people are coming to close out to you on a three point shot? Like, how can you be a little bit more aggressive at that point? Um, Whether that is, you know, taking a step to the left or to the right of the defender or taking a step inside of the three point line instead. Um, of reloading again at the three-point line. So I would like to see that. And defensively, um, I would like to see him take on – he did take on some tough defensive assignments. I wanted to see him take on all tough defensive assignments moving forward. So whether that's Damian Lillard's in, or, um, you know, Steph Curry or Luka Doncic, whoever it may be as a guard, uh, I want to see him just continue to give more leverage, so to speak, to Ja to rest on offense, so to, I mean, on defense, so to speak. Um, but he did that somewhat last year, but not as often. Um, sometimes I would also spell that time as well. But that's what I would like to see offensively again. A few more steps inside, what does that look like, and defensively guarding the best guard um, that the other team has um, more often than not.
4: Uh, I know what you mean, Sheeta, but that's normally a task for, for Travis boy Dylan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as far as like guarding the guards. <laughs> so, I, but
2: I know I, mean, I knew he, know he's assume, that. He's assuming Dylan's not on, on the Grizzlies anymore. He would.
1: Oh, yeah. Like and to he doesn't into yeah. that role. Yeah. Definitely. That's why
2: I knew was
4: Yeah, I know. I, I knew what he was saying. But I mean, just look at like how, the, how physical he is. And I think an underrated, you know, trait of Desmond Bain is him finishing at the rim. We saw that in the playoffs. So Trev, you putting that goal of 50, 40, 90 on him, is fair. Um, and it is just fun to say that the Grizz have a top 10 three-point shoot on the team. Like if you look at the numbers, he was literally at number 10 and three points made uh last season as well. Um uh average, I think he averaged like three a game, you know. So we can get you can get, you know, keep that the same, you know, bring that up a little bit, average to 20, you know, 20 points, especially with Jaron gone. We're gonna need that extra score punch. So I put that, I put it on him at least while Jaron is gonna give us 20 points, you know, at least. Um, but still if we if he can continue to do what we ask of him and get you know better defensively, you know, get around a still and a half something like that, I think that'll make that'll make us that uh, that much better. Become more of a two-way player because he definitely got the potential to be. But he's the perfect, uh, perfect castmate uh to jump around. And to that point, uh
0: and to that point, that's probably the reason we still need Dylan Brooks for that reason. Um uh, the brooks we really need them to take less shots on offense and take on those defense and he does take on defensive responsibilities he just tries to shoot a bunch of shots while i take on the different responsibility so we need him just to stick to the defense responsibility like we,
2: you, you're you're shooting 15 plus we need you at 10 at the most right that's 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 and, what
0: that is and this very shot 14 and a half per game uh last year so that needs to you know him and dylan need to switch in that regard uh he also shot Attempted 6.9. He hit three out of 6.9 attempts, so almost seven attempts a game for three. Um, Gets about eight, nine attempts a game. Um His defense was pretty solid last year. Um and I saw someone, I think, uh whoever wrote, I can't remember who wrote the uh player preview for GBB about uh, Desmond Bain, but they made a great point saying he used his, uh, to make up for his length because his wingspan is short, he used his size. How big he his muscular and uh. You know make up for all that and same thing with him scoring at the rim. He, you know, his wingspan, he she got short arms. He made with his size, he uh made up for it, uh, even scoring at the rim and on defense. So that definitely um helped with uh Destin's vein's development. Also, um summer league just helped out a lot, put him in point guard, make him more of a ball handler. He definitely did really well on the ball. So things I'd like to see, kind of like what Trevor said, going with stand to that 20 range. Um, I remember one of my guys, uh, Justin Harrison, he said, he's Ricky. He said, there's his bank is year. He said, he's going to be an all-star. I'm not saying he needs to make the all-star team this year, but I ain't saying he needs to make it period. But what he saw, what we saw from him last year is when Justin said that he's rookie year, I was like, Nah, he gonna be, you know, a solid three point shooter like a Mike Miller type. Well, I saw last year, it's like, okay, that's not out of the realm of possibility anymore. Right. Uh, especially that Minnesota series where he averaged 23 and a half points a game for this series and 27 points per game for the last four games in that series. He was arguably our best player because it was a lot of games we started out slow. I remember I think it was game three the, or game four in Minnesota, where we was like flat and Desmond Bain hit like three threes in a row, type of thing. Like he <laughs> and I remember Damian Little even tweeted, he was like, Brother Gris is gonna be drafting their ass off. <laughs> because uh, he was just seeing Dizzy like drop buckets on Minnesota so it's, it's really like amazing to see his development how quickly he got to even the
1: point that he's at now so, yeah, and I th- yeah and I think another thing that I want to see is just like I want to see where like there's, you know there's a couple of games where like he absolutely like goes off I think for the most part we've seen him you know have the three or six games from three where it's you know, four of eight, but I want to see where there's a game where he just goes like nine of 15 from three. And it is, and it's a multiple games from that, because the thing about it, is, like he's, I know that he can do it. I, like, it's nothing that like I'm saying that I know that he's not capable of. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a couple games in his back pocket that this, that Desmond Bain has were like, yeah, I can go nine of 15 from three, or I can go 10 of 17. I think he has that. And so again, To for I hope he can have games like that to where again it makes teams, it makes the opposing team think a little bit more or makes them react a little bit or half a second slower to where maybe they normally would defend John, where they now have to think about Desmond Bain on the three point line. And so if he does that, I'm all for it. That means less of Dylan Brooks. I know that there may be people you know, not on this podcast or maybe even on this podcast that want to see Dylan Brooks, I am all for anybody and everybody doing everything that they can to where Dylan Brooks gets that many minutes. And for those that do not see that, it is this many. And if you can guess how many this many is, that's exactly how, that's how many minutes that I want Dylan Brooks to get. I am cool on Dylan Brooks. And if Desmond Bank can step it up just a little bit from three and a little bit offensively. (laughs) That's more or less of Dylan Brooks than we will see, and I'm good on that.
2: you just going to have to accept the fact that Dylan Brooks is the grind, son, and you're just going to have to just – Dylan Brooks is the reason Desmond why Desmond Bain won't
4: be an all-star. There I said it. There I said
2: it. I think the I think all the guards in the West will be a reason why Desmond Bain is nah, an all-star. no. Nah, Thank you. No, for, no. I, I think all the guards that. in the West are a reason why.
4: It, sometimes it literally be your own people, bro. Like I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. it do right let, now let, because let, you, let's, you, let's, you, you can, trash can actually go right now. Let's go around. <laughs> let's go around and ask the people this though. Do you expect Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain to, to shoot more, to average more attempts, not make, but to average more attempts? My vote in that is still Dylan Brooks. Who do y'all think?
1: I think it's Desmond
2: Bain. I think it's Desmond Bain as well. Or I think Dylan is, is really going to buy into,
3: hopefully, uh, uh, and I do mean hopefully. What's so, one uh, of the
4: commandments? for let's be real now.
3: I I too, I'm actually with you on this one. We want on, Desmond Bain to take more shots. We want exactly statistically exactly. right now. Dylan Brooks is taking more shots, and I think and that that, will that keep trend Desmond making
4: Bain from being an all star. So you got to. not go that I, far. I'm though.
3: not. I'm not going that far. No, because run okay. the hell, Mary. Man, Go ahead, and run, run, down,
2: Mary. run down the guards in the West, who 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 can potentially be an all star.
3: Then, then the come Warriors. tell me. The, and
2: then before you get to Desmond Bain,
3: Uh you start with John Morant. Uh he's on his team. obviously. Uh you got okay, Luca. You got Steph Curry. You got Damian Lillard. That's four right there. If Anthony Edwards at, is considered a um, guard, so you you got
2: see. so you literally have what. Two extra spots as opposed to um, the two guard spots in that starting yeah. that that's voted upon. It does right, help
0: right. that Donovan Mitchell got traded out to the West.
4: Exactly, and yeah, <laughs> yes. who knows? Who knows? I mean, <laughs>
0: it helps a little bit, but basically, well, although Clay didn't make it last year. Basically, I expect Desmond kind of replace Clay in some Boom. form or fashion.
4: And well, that's one
0: coming that's up, one. probably not this season, but he's probably going to because I don't I don't think I expect Clay to get back to and call me crazy. <laughs> that, I
4: mean. I don't, well, I ain't going to say it, never mind, never mind. That's never if mind. Jordan
0: Poole doesn't take those. Yeah, playing. Jordan Poole. I don't see Jordan Poole becoming an all-star level, though.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm with Trevor mm-hmm. on this one. I don't, Nothing against him, though. I'm with Trevor on this one. I don't think Dylan Brooks holds um, Desmond Bain back from getting, you know, from an all-star. I don't think that's that's going to happen. But, I, again, to what I can say, I don't care if he's an all-star. I don't care if Desmond Bain is an all-star. But I'm gonna tell you what I think. Where I could, what what I could potentially see is what Dylan Brooks did last postseason. You cannot forget. I'm sorry. I don't care if you were a general fan. I don't care if you've only watched 50 games. I don't care if you watched every single minute of the Grizzlies last year. You cannot forget what Dylan Brooks did. And I think I'm of the mindset that where the Grizzlies. They're going to trade Dylan Brooks at some point within the next 365 days, and hopefully it's less than the 365 days. I think they're going to trade him, and I think it's a matter of what does Desmond Bain look like and what does Zion Williams look like. And if they both are a tick above where they were last year, I think Dylan Brooks is traded because of what he did last year. And what he did last year, you simply cannot forget that he did that. So I'm with Trevor. I think Dylan Brooks is not the reason that Desmond Bain is not an all star. If Desmond Bain is not an all star, it's because there's some other shooting guard, or there's a slew of, or there's a couple of guards that just were that much better than Desmond Bain. But I don't think Dylan Brooks is the reason.
0: Real quick shooting before you go, man. Scott again, he's a Rick Ross on right now, man. God forgives, I don't.
3: <laughs> um, uh, And let's also not forget what Dylan Brooks did two years ago too, until was to tell us against the playing scenario. I will say that. Now, but what I will ultimately say is the person that would hold, to your point to what you're saying is who's going to hold Dylan Brooks, no, Dylan Brooks, right, Desmond Bain back, and get more attempts coach Jenkins if Dylan Brooks ain't on the floor how can he shoot the shot so there's that answer to be honest that, that that's a a compliment to where we at yeah
0: because a lot of stuff with Dylan Brooks I really blame on coach on Taylor Jenkins and I know a lot of things uh happened last year in the playoffs Desmond Bank had the back injury so he wasn't himself job was out so yeah Dylan was going to do what he did and like I said, so jumping and Hyde, he kept us in that last game because go State, but he also arguably lost it at the same time. He lost, so. he lost <laughs> us
2: the game, but he also kept us in it, which is kind of weird, a, but it is what it is. Like you said, but, my th- th- but my thing is with this, and I always wondered about this, is how much of this... Is more so taylor jenkins not reeling it in because you you guys got to remember dylan brooks is literally the last person on this grizzlies team from the quote-unquote grit and grind era like he was literally the last person drafted everyone else is with this of course with this new regime so how much of that is dylan just trying to quote-unquote be the vet and how much of it is just taylor jenkins not you know willing reeling him in and saying hey dylan We know what you can do. We see what you're doing, but you're best when you're doing this. Like, you're at your best when you're not trying to create shots for yourself. You're at your best when you're in a catch-and-shoot situation. You're at your best when you're playing your butt off on a defensive end. We have everything that you're trying to do already. We just need you to knock down three or four threes, help contain the other team's best player, stay out of foul trouble, and don't do nothing stupid. That's all we're really asking of you at this point. Go ahead, chief.
3: Yeah, before we get to uh, Danny Glover here, um, clock, 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 clock out with me.
4: <laughs> he's been around everywhere, huh? He's
3: been around everywhere. Yeah, you, can see yeah. something everywhere. you know what I'm saying? Uh, lethal weapon looking. Um, but what I'm trying to say here is to your point, Trevor, do your job. Dylan Brooks was, and I'm going to give him his accolades. Dylan Brooks was drafted by us because he was the pac-12 defensive player of the year he was not the pac-12 player of the year which would thus ensue stats of him scoring i don't know north of 20 plus in the pac-12 which i don't even know who else is in the pac-12 Pac division Pac whatever pacific whoever it may be but regardless of the fact do your job sorry
2: if all you right. watch their run the NCAA tournament, it, it, it was a little. I mean, they didn't go all the way, but they still had a nice little run. Like that backcourt with him and Tyler Dorsey was actually kind of nasty. I'm, I'm just, I am I, I will kind of push back just a little bit right there. I, I'm saying the tournament. That's all I'm gonna say. I ain't watched none of the Pac-12 during the season, but yeah, that, that former, the, his run in the tournament with Oregon was 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 okay. Former Grizzly Tyler Dorsey at it. <laughs>
0: we sure had him for a second all right man we need to let Dylan Brooks hijack the show again
2: um
4: <laughs> let's get on, get on to games golly I try not
2: to bring him up y'all always the to bring him up and I gotta defend him in in places where he needs to be defended so that's, that's it well, I
4: think this was a valid valid combo as far as like you know Dylan though I think I think it kind of needed to be added to him, you know.
2: Yeah, it did, because, I mean, like I said, Dustin
0: Bain and Dennis Brooks go hand-in-hand with the touches and everything, so let's go and get back on track with Danny Green, not Danny, not Danny Clover. uh, like I told you, he had the clock out for me, Danny Green, who I just, actually just saw at the restaurant, I was at Caraba's, he, uh, pulled up, in the, pulled up there, had his hood on and stuff, man, so shout-out to Danny Green, uh, checking out Memphis, uh, fine around here, but Danny Green was traded here, uh, He's been a, around the team a whole lot. uh Summer League, sitting with the team on the bench, sitting with the team with the preseason game. Uh, he's, he's around. He seems like he's real show that veteran leadership. Uh, he is hurt. They do expect him to play this season. So I think he tore his ACL back in April. Um, so I, it would definitely be later in the year. Um, but he does have three championships, right? Uh, we said we want veteran experience. Uh, also, I think I saw Parker uh, Fleming. Tweet this or wrote in the article, but he did say the is still kind of want to develop players as well. They might have the best of both worlds in him where he has the veteran leadership, but he also wants play and play as much, even when you get back, because you're still trying to get the other young guys, especially all the rookies that they that they just drafted. So uh Danny Green's numbers last year when he was with Philly fell off a little bit on the average of 5.9, basically six points a game, uh shot. 38% for three, which is pretty good. 39% field goal range, though. So pretty much he needs to stay behind 3.9 only. Uh, he's about 35 years old now. So it's that point in his career where we need another shooter. That's him. I mean, he mean, he returns from injury. So um, what do y'all expect from Danny Green this season, long season on the roster?
1: I expect from Danny Green what I wish that the Grizzlies would have been able to kind of get. Um, from a roster perspective, like that level of veteran leadership last year going into the playoffs. And so when I say that, what I want from Danny Green is hopefully Danny Green has had some type of uh, recollection within himself to say, I'm not the Danny Green of, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, right? Maybe he says to himself, now that I'm hurt for majority of the season, maybe I can help this Grizzlies team or maybe I can help the team that I'm playing for when it comes to being able to you know having that veteran leadership or for like from a player standpoint like how to guard LeBron James, how to guard Kevin Durant or what moves should I make or what or what tape or film should I study going into this particular matchup series or when it comes to the playoffs or maybe in just even just like a regular role season game like, That's what I'm hoping to look for. And so, like, I just want him to be able to talk to Zaire Williams a lot lot more. I know Zaire has talked about watching a lot more like Desmond Bain film, but, you know, call it. I mean, I wouldn't mind him saying, you know, I want to watch some Danny Green film because at some point, you know, at some point in time, Danny Green was. Or respectable guy. Let me let me finish it before you give me that look. Like if you talk, if you if you look at if you look at what Danny Green was to the Spurs, it was him being able to play defense. It was him being able to make you know those corner threes. That's what Danny Green is, is was you know that's what he was. And so hopefully that's where Zaire Williams is. It's being able to know your like know what spots you need to be in when it comes to the fast break. When John Moran is coming off a screen rolling right. Where do I need to be on the floor to get an open shot? That's what I'm hoping that we can get from Danny Green is to feed or hype up or essentially be Zaire's hype man. Everybody loves a hype man. And so Danny Green and Zaire Williams is almost like the exact replica of each other in terms of body build. And so maybe Zaire can learn from where he needs to be on the floor. How can I make sure that I'm, when I'm on the fast break with with, with Ja, where I need to be, or if I'm playing alongside Desmond Bain, where do I need to be? Or if it's defensively, how can I guard Devin Booker? How can I guard Anthony Edwards? A little bit better than I did last year. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't care how many points Anthony scores. I could almost care less what his three point field goal percentage is. I could care less essentially about any of that. Sharky hit it right on the head when in terms of I think the Grizzlies are legit trying to figure out what players they've hit on who potentially we could move away and i think with them trying to again understand exactly who Zaire is can he ensure that Zaire is continuing to continually continuously trying to be a better person or a better player for what he can for this Grizzlies team in terms of spacing in terms of when to take when to make when when knowing to take shots when knowing to make shots or how to become a better defender. So that's what I'm hoping for. And I said all of that to say, bang, bang, here he goes, Shady. Hopefully, he can be a better version of what Udonis Haslem is to the Miami Heat, for the Memphis Grizzlies. I have it, and I'm done. I
2: was with you all the way till you said hype, man. Oh, uh, that—that's. That was my only uh way to. I'm pretty
4: sure he lost it. everybody listening when he said hi, man. Trevor.
2: That's yeah, what we
0: got I, I, that's, I, what we, I, I, that's what we got. I, I, our, that's what we got. Got BLJ for man. The greatest hype exactly. man. Exactly. That's,
2: that's what it, BLJ is for. He's he's for. BLJ.
1: If, 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 if nobody else in this podcast understands it, it should be Tuk. Tuk, you are a DJ. DJs love somebody that's going to be hype. DJs love people that he may be has got a DJ
2: too you you the grades have a DJ too DJ Mike <laughs> too come on man, DJ. get with it but no, no, <laughs> i'm saying but oh, you know, what i'm saying is you
1: need somebody to get you you need somebody to get you a little bit more motivated you no, need somebody to get no. you, you know, know, man i hope the grades is man 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 you don't to with it well the most dj as a
4: fan he comes west
2: Memphis now i need you i need you back on i40 coming back eastbound you in west Memphis right that's okay you all will get it at some point it's sent, no, I know what you're getting. You're just calling it the wrong thing. Like what you need Danny Green to be is exactly what everyone else is saying that the Grizzlies need. And that's a veteran. So yes, you want him to quote unquote groom Zaire Williams to kind of show Zaire like, hey, this is what I this is what my career looks like. And this is what's possible for you. Knowing how to guard the other team's best player, knowing where to be to hit open shots. Like, my career, my, I might not be where I am in my career now, but I'm a three-time champion, and I've got it doing X, Y, and Z. So you want Danny Green to be a veteran and try to be that guy for Zion Williams. But at the same time, if he's going to be on the court, that's another shooter on the court. Let's just keep it uh, a beam. So it's ne- it's never you can never have too many shooters on one team as long as they are able to at least try to play defense. Let's just keep it a beam. So what I'm expecting for Danny Green, assuming he suits up for the Grizzlies and assuming that he's on the court, that he's getting minutes, I expect him to hit shots. It's just as simple as that. And just do what you've uh, been doing for your entire career. Now, if he's not getting minutes, I would rather see him be the mentor. That's the term that you need to be uh, using for uh, Zaire as opposed to hype man. I need him to try to be a mentor to Zaire if Danny Green is not going to get a lot of minutes to help show Zaire like, hey, how, I've, how my career is going, it works and it helps
4: win championships.
2: So, again, I'm with you. You just used the wrong terminology. It should have been mentor as opposed as a hype man.
4: Can he be a mentor of pom-poms?
2: Also known as a hype man. No, no. I said mentor. <laughs> I said mentor, not a hype man so
0: he's job, job man but basically we need him to be what Andre Kadala didn't want to be for Memphis and that's probably what he's going to be what Andre Goddard, what Andre Goddard is doing for Golden State is probably Danny Green's going to be for us which is what Andre Kadala not want to do for Memphis <laughs>
4: We
0: know where he, well, I mean, we knew where Iggy's heart was. I mean, we, that's yep. his college, best, right? but I'm saying basically that's that's what he is, that's what he's gonna be to Memphis. What he what was to go state last year, he played he did play a little bit, and but he was mostly on the sideline, dressed up in street. He was hurting in street clothes, hyping, hyping up, mentoring <laughs> Jordan Poole, <laughs> John Camino on the sideline, and he was helpful for go state winning that championship.
3: So, Danny Green, I am not taking away his three championships. I'm not taking away. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you called him back his welcome. name, man. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm not taking away. I, I watched him deliver some daggers with the Spurs against the Miami Heat. And I mean complete daggers. You're talking about the NBA Finals, the, the greatest spectacle. That's where everyone wants to achieve and get to. And I also saw him do not too bad with the Raptors, right, um, as well. The thing about Danny Green now is the good part about this, and you talked about the shooting already, is at least he's not going to be going against first-team defenses um, because we have that spot solidified by Desmond Bain, um, Dylan Brooke, whoever's going to be 2-3. Danny Green, even when he comes back from his injury, is going to be – coming off the bench. So he should still be giving, you know, those six to seven, eight points of himself. Um, and I agree. I believe he can be a a good mentor and a good polo wearing gentleman veteran that you're saying. Um, I just don't know how much he's got left in the tank to produce on the court, so to speak. I mean, you say shooters shooters are going to shoot all the time, right? I I get that part. But the injuries that he sustained over his course of time, since he recorded, um, what was it, Predators 2, I just don't know how much more he has to give. So that's all. Like, yes, he's going to be a great mentor. Yes, he can tell you, like, how to stop defenses, so to speak. Um, But I just don't know if this is going to be a roster spot that could have been used for something else as well. So I'll leave it
0: there. I shouldn't mute your mic when you said I think you recorded prayer too. You
1: really should have.
0: Oh. I, I understand, I understand you don't have some causes you pain, man. But don't bring it over to mutes.
4: He hurt. What does what say hurt people? Hurt people. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, Shidi for you is like you said you you don't you wish that you know this spot or you think this spot could be used for somebody else when you know Scholar said you know, if he would have been around last season, how would things played out? Right. You know, cause that's what we wanted was that veteran men- mentorship. Like we seen Danny green. He's, he's been a part of teams that, you know, potentially could win championships and they ended up winning championships. Like you talk about the Spurs going against the heat. The Spurs could potentially win with a young Kawhi Leonard and they did, you know, the Raptors could potentially win and they still got Kawhi Leonard with the Jesus shot, but they won nonetheless. And then Lakers could potentially win the finals and, you know, He's seen a lot of things is what I'm trying to say. So the fact that you could help mentor again, mentor Zion Williams, it'll be a plus because Danny greens has seen, you know, the forwards and you know what they're he's, he's worked around some of the best forwards in the NBA, if not the best forwards in the NBA. So if he can have that effect on, you know, maybe even uh, uh, Dylan bricks as well, maybe he can have that kind of effect on teamwork, you know, both ways, hopefully, you know, so that's, uh, that to have him on the team is something that we we've been needing um especially since we traded Jay Crowder. Like we needed somebody to come in and just help. So and of course bring him back, bring back Jay Crowder. I'm on I'm, I'm on the team as well. But shout out to Danny. back, back without team. giving up assets. What's that? I said bring him back without giving up assets. Yeah, we'll talk about that another day. But even like since you know. It still hurts when, you know, having veterans come and they don't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? We went through the whole thing. We went through the whole Allen Iverson, even going back then. Uh, so Danny Green wanted to be here. You know, players like Vince Carter, you know, what I'm saying wanted to come and, and, and come and help mentorship uh, with, with the young players. I think that helps a bunch, especially with a team that's really able to go for a championship right now.
0: Yep, yep. Um, and to be fair, I say his field goal percentage is 39%. His career field goal is 42%. So it's not like he's ever been a effective field goal shooter, but his three point percentage, 38% last year, of his career, 39.9, basically 40. So he still can shoot threes, right? And that's what we need from him. And we're veteran leadership. And not only for uh, like I said, even potentially dealing, he could help reign them in potentially, right? If not, hey got a year left on the contract we might be trading him anyway um he can help desmond bain like it's help his ascension. he can help jake laravio another shooter ricky we just got david roddy he can help in a lot of areas as a uh a true mentor and someone that wants to be here and someone that's actively around the players just him being there at summer league right like what veterans y'all know to show up in summer league like that uh, him being at the preseason game. He's rehabbing his ACL entry. He's still on the bench with the team, traveling with the team. Um, that, that shows a lot. That just lets you know. And I think he has a relationship with Taylor Jenkins from San Antonio. You know, Taylor Jenkins is on the Greg Popovich coaching tree. So uh definitely a plus with uh Danny Green or Mr. Daniel Richard Green Jr. as I'm seeing his uh, actual real government name in front of me right now. <laughs> I never knew that. Uh, I knew it was Daniel, but I never knew the fool. I know <laughs> But, man, sh- what you got, Sheedy? What you got? <laughs> but, yeah, man, shout-out to Danny Green, man. We're ready for the season, y'all. These are the last two players we had to uh preview for. And that does it for the show, man. So, as always, remember to follow us at the starting five, the number five MEM. by the Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies. Check out the articles at blues.com, including my Zaire Williams, speech that – Will should be coming out before this episode drops simultaneously, uh whenever um, it's coming out around the same time this episode drops. So by the time y'all hear this episode, it may have already been out. Um listen to the other podcasts on network, GBB Live, Core 4, Next Gen and Greasy Bread Bets that just dropped their first. Uh he just dropped his first episode for some bits for this uh greasy season. And of course, uh, you know, you can find me at the one d-a-o-n-e. D-A- Yeah, underscore P Shark
1: uh i'm at underscore sky later on twitter again thanks for everybody that's listening to now of this uh this show this podcast but also let's be real too um we have a huge season coming am- amongst us so again as trevor mentioned it several times before if you want with us shooting in the gym then get a ball i guess <laughs> i'm not even sure what i was trying
2: to say but yeah let me correct my guy uh shoot with us in the gym while you still can because when the price go up, you ain't gonna be able to get in the gym, and you're gonna be wondering, Can I get a toe in or how much I got to pay? To- That's <laughs> to
0: good. That's gonna be sounding <laughs> like
2: Rick Ross. When we sound exactly. like Rick Ross,
0: you weren't with the shooting in the gym, you may exactly. get left
2: out, you may get left out, <laughs> exactly. But anywho, I'm at the art of Trevor. Y'all know what it is by now. Of is a preposition, capitalize every other word. Y'all already know.
3: I'm at the Lethal Weapon. It's re- oh, I'm sorry. It's really shitty. Um, that's it.
2: Okay. Ed, keeping the genetic thing things
3: going now. So I see.
4: And <laughs> Tam Shakira, man, we we appreciate y'all for, for, for rocking with us.
0: Oh man, till next time, y'all, man. No grease.
2: No grease.